Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, fam. We are thrown aback to the old days of solo recordings in my house where we have zero plan and we're just going to black out and chit chat. I felt like I hadn't done like just like a casual solo episode in a long time. And I just didn't have it in me to go to the city this week to go to the studio. And I was like, you know what? With solo ones, like we rarely really use video to promote anyway. I can just kind of talk about all my stories when I'm discussing and therefore I don't really need to be in the studio. So here we are in my new office. I guess I'm just going to kind of do like a life update and what's been going on lately. And then also I did an Instagram Q&A last week and I have some questions that I didn't answer on there that I was like, I'll just dive into further on here. That being said, like these types of episodes, so this is where I'm kind of at this, not crossroads, but this is where I struggle sometimes with the podcast and this side of my work because, hear me out, there are two different types of shows, right? There's conversational where it's like one host typically and guests, and usually those are getting into more like not educational, but more in-depth conversations on specific topics. And a lot of people find those really helpful episodes. And those are episodes that people are more drawn to. Like I've had feedback of people saying, I only really listen to podcasts if like I'm learning something new. And I totally respect that. And I get that. But the other side of podcasting is just like having fun and usually that's when it's two hosts and they can just like catch up and chat about whatever. I think about like, what we said or giggly squad or like those types of shows. And I'm so jealous, honestly, I've said this before of co-hosts, like people who have co-hosts because their episodes can be catching up with each other. And I think personally that they create a really strong community of listeners. Girls got to eat is another one because the listener feels like they're in that friend group. And I almost feel like it's harder to do that as a solo host, especially when you're interviewing other people, because each time it's a a separate like guest, it's a different person. So it's not this like consistent two voices. Armchair Expert is actually a very interesting example because they have two hosts, but then they also have guests. But I feel like because there's that banter of Monica and Dax, you do feel like you're in this friend group. I don't know. I can't explain it, but I'm sometimes jealous of shows that have these huge listenerships that just, not just, but that get to 
have fun in every episode and talk about whatever and just catch up on life because that's the fucking dream. I don't even know where I'm going with this other than today's just going to be a catch up episode. Some people won't enjoy this. Some people will love it and prefer it. And I guess that's just life. Come on in, take a seat. So what's been happening lately in life? Obviously, I'm pregnant and shit has changed a lot over the past two months. I struggled a lot during that first period, which I shared in my like I'm pregnant announcement. I just was so depressed and I felt really isolated and I just felt like everything shifted so drastically and kind of negatively. I I just felt so high on life right before I got pregnant. I felt like I'd finally found this balance between work and parenting. And I was so happy and creative and I just felt really in flow. And a lot of that shifted when I was dealing with first trimester symptoms. I'm still not like a hundred percent, but I've definitely turned a corner and I see the light at the end of the tunnel. But This pregnancy has just been different. And I honestly think I'm going to do another solo episode of like comparing the second pregnancy to the first and what I'm doing differently. And then I'm sure I'll do another one of like how I'm preparing for postpartum differently the second time around. And then when the baby's here, how I'm parent, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But I just, it, it feels different from a mental standpoint. It's been more depressive and not anxiety inducing at all. But it's also like this confusing thing where Joe and I looked at each other the other day and we were like, have you acknowledged the fact that we're going to have a child in October? Like there's a second baby coming. And both of us were like, no, like we're just so busy with Liam and this new house that yes, obviously I don't forget I'm pregnant because I'm well aware every single day with my symptoms. But I forget that like at the end of this, we're going to have a baby and our lives are going to shift in another way. And like that whole experience, I haven't even thought about. So it's going to be an interesting ride as we get closer. House-wise, I am so fucking happy in the suburbs. I really like feel like I was meant to live in New Jersey. And I've always said that, but I just love it here. I love our house so much. Obviously, there's so many things that I want to do, but I'm really trying to not pressure myself into feeling like they have to get done right away. I was actually talking about this with my therapist this morning. For me, it's so helpful to give myself a date or like an idea of timing and then be like, okay, it doesn't have to be done until then. So what's the rush? So like, for instance, the furnishing of the house and stuff, Joe and I said, we ideally want everything to be done by September. That still gives us five months to finish up. We've made such great progress. There's still stuff that has to be done, but we are getting there. Like every week, it feels one step closer with each delivery and each install and all that stuff. And because I've given myself this date of September, I don't feel incredibly overwhelmed because I'm like, oh, we can get there by September. Talk to me in September when it's not done. But I am just so happy with the house. And on that like timeline stuff, it's the same thing with the backyard. I wish like the driveway and the new garage and 
landscaping and all that stuff was going to be ready by the summer, but that's never going to happen. And we're not doing any landscaping or anything until the garage and that kind of stuff is done. So realistically, it's probably next summer. So I said to my therapist this morning, I was like, that's a next year's project. And I'm okay with that. Like as soon as I give myself the freedom to put it at another time window and I say like, it'll get done, it'll just get done then. It, I don't know. It just really fucking helps me mentally. The other thing, I am so deeply and wildly obsessed with Vampire Diaries, you guys. It has consumed my life. And some of you are going to be like, why are you watching these vampire shows? What are you doing? Let me tell you, first and foremost, Lucy watched these during COVID, like initial pandemic lockdown. She binged everything. And I was always like, Lucy, get out of your room. Come hang out with us. Like she was sucked in. And Joe and I were like, this is absurd that you're committing to this long of a show. I think it's like eight seasons or 20 episodes in a season. It is long, but she was just madly obsessed with it. She kept telling me I would love it because you know, I love my little YA shit. And I also was a Twilight fanatic when that stuff came out, those books. I would literally sit in the corner during our free periods in high school and read. And then I would fight with Joe because I'm like, you're not Edward Cullen. But anyway, I hadn't watched it. And then when I was going through the hell of my first trimester, I was talking to my therapist where I was like, I just feel like I'm sit, like I'm horizontal. I feel so lazy. I I'm not really finding joy in anything. I'm not creative. So work sucks. I'm doing the bare minimum of work. I'm not being social. And I just need something to like take my mind off and make me happy. Because also during those times is when I try to distract myself by scrolling on social. And then I'm comparing myself to everyone. And it's just like a nasty spiral. So she's like, you need a good binge show. Thank you to my therapist because I love you. and. Also, I know I'm like an avid reader, but when I'm nauseous during pregnancy, there's not a shot in hell I'm reading. So I needed a show. And I was like, you know what? I convinced Lucy to read A Court of Thorn and Roses, which I'm very confused because she is just paused midway through the second book, which everyone knows is the best fucking book. I don't know how you just pause and don't go back, but she says she will be going back. And so I told her in exchange, I will watch Vampire Diaries. And I, oh my God. God, so many of you have messaged me being like, you're making me want to rewatch this for the fifth time. I don't understand how someone has watched it so many times. I'm kind of blown away because it is such a commitment. I don't know where the hell I was in 2009. It was freshman year of college. I don't know how I missed this entire thing. Like I had never even heard of Vampire Diaries until Lucy watched it. I don't know what rock I lived under, which is ironic because I was talking with my best friend from childhood on the phone the other day. And she was like, I'm so happy you're watching it. And I said, Liz, I'm very confused. When did you watch this? Because if this was a high school thing, how did I miss out on my best friend watching it when we were like the twilight addicts? But then we looked it up and it was when we were freshmen in college, it started. So I have no idea how I missed this, but I love how many of you are up in my DMs and appreciating that you're getting to live the first watched experience through me because it has consumed me. Let me tell you, the basement couch, which is the best fucking thing that has ever happened to me. I'm not being <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. That vampire diaries den that we have created is my pregnancy heaven. And I like hate the nights because that's when I feel the worst. And this is what has helped me because 
Once Liam goes down at seven o'clock, I have seven to nine to get into my den. I'm on the couch in the corner, laying on my side so I don't want to throw up. I'm wrapped up in my blanket. I have my nighttime snack, depending on what my hyperfixation is at that time. And I am watching it in the dark on the big screen. I get to kill two episodes. Joe has now started to watch it with me, but like if he misses one or two episodes, then he feels like he's so behind and he doesn't know what's going on. And he's still like not that into it at all, but he is supporting me, which I appreciate. And it just, it helps me get through that miserable period of when I feel my worst. And it's brought me joy. And I cannot handle Damon. I cannot handle, I cannot handle. I'm in love with him. I'm in the beginning of season four right now. And oh my God, to say I'm team Damon is an understatement. And you guys know Joe's going to hate me for this because he's always like, you get so obsessed with these characters, but you know how pregnancy dreams are wild. Like I have the craziest pregnancy dreams. I've been having like crazy vampire diaries, pregnancy dreams, and they're just insane. And Damon is obviously featured in them. That's my vampire diaries recap. Basically, if you know, you know, that's all I can say. If you've been here for a while or even just a short amount of time, you know that sleep is super important to me. I am talking a good eight hours a night, especially when pregnant. It is crucial that I get a good night's rest for me to feel my best the next day. A company that helps every person in my family get the best sleep possible is Hatch. I have been a fan and consumer of theirs forever, and I am so in love with their latest product. Make space for rest in your life with the Restore 2. This bedside sleep machine is a non-negotiable for me. I am not even kidding. I pack it wherever I travel. I am someone who needs sound in the background in order to sleep soundly, maybe just from all of those years of sleeping in a New York City apartment with my windows open. So this plays a crucial role in keeping me asleep. However, what I love the most about the Restore 2 is the gradual sunrise alarm that wakes you up gently. There is nothing worse than the jarring sounds of a like beep, beep, beep alarm to start your day. It used to make me jump awake and immediately scatter from my phone to stop the automatic anxiety that set in. I love the gradual sunrise alarm because not only do I set mine to the sounds of birds chirping, but the fact that the Restore 2 gets gradually lighter before the alarm goes off helps my wake up happen over an extended period of time versus instantaneously. Another huge plus for me is the wind down feature with red light. I have mine set for a 20 minute timer so that when I'm getting ready for and into bed, it is the only light in the room. And then it turns off on its own for me to actually fall asleep. As we are a no phone in bed zone, this is a great way to help you break your late night screen habit and ease into sleep. Head to hatch.co and get free expedited shipping on your new Restore 2 so you can start feeling well-rested ASAP. If you were at the recent FFAM community event in collaboration with Leah Bartha, then you not only got to meet some incredible people, but you also got to take home a packed swag bag with some incredible products. One of those being the Vegamore Grow Hair Serum. This was my first introduction to the company and I have been loving it ever since. I already know so many of you have been as well, per my DMs, I have been getting. Ever since my first postpartum and losing so much of my hair, I've become a big fan of hair and scalp health products, but it is not always easy to find ones that actually work and are made with ingredients I can get behind. I love that Vegamore, you can get the products that are made with clean ingredients and give you visibly healthier hair and scalp. 
scalp. Not only does Vegamore have great products to help the growth of the hair on your head, but also to assist with your eyelashes and eyebrows. I swear my eyebrows have not grown since I was in high school, and I'm such a fan of the bushier and fuller eyebrow look. Similarly, I stopped getting my eyelash extensions like two years ago because just the upkeep was honestly too much for me, but I miss that long lash like makeup look with no makeup vibe. The Grow Lash and Brow Serums work to revitalize roots for thicker, fuller looking lashes and brows. Plus, if you're interested in trying more than one of their products, Vegamore has value kits like the Grow Essentials Kit where you get to try more than one amazing product at a great savings. Give yourself the hair you never thought you could have with Vegamore. For a limited time, Freckled Foodie and Friends listeners get 20% off their first order by going to vegamore.com slash Cameron and using code Cameron at checkout. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash Cameron, code Cameron to save 20% on your first order. V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash Cameron, code Cameron. And just like that, your favorite besties and tastemakers, Benito Skinner and Mary Beth Barone are back. Did you miss us? You know they did. Join us every Wednesday on your way to Sephora to hear our witty, ridiculous and irreverent musings on life, the universe, existence and of course what we currently ride for. You're going to absolutely live slash die for this podcast. You might even, dare we say, ride for it. I had the like wildest pregnancy dream the other night where I, (laughs) okay, so we sold our apartment to someone in the building. So like, because it was direct, I've like been in contact, you know, with the family and also like at the closing. So in my dream, I was like drunk. I wasn't pregnant. I was drunk in the city. And like, I was having this like night out. I think maybe this happened because I was talking with my girlfriends. We have a city bachelorette in May and I got this like ridiculous outfit at Zara that I might wear. It's like this black spandex jumpsuit with like a huge like cut out in between my boobs and my belly. If I end up wearing it, you'll see a photo of it. But we were talking about like mama's wild night out of the bachelorette in the city, like being sober and pregnant, not ideal. But I think that's what sparked this side of the dream. So in the dream... I was out like having a girls night and I got really drunk and I went back to my old apartment building and I guess I was like supposed to sleep at Lucy's, but I went up to our old apartment and I somehow had a key and it was like the middle of the day, which also didn't make sense. I don't know. And I get into the apartment and I get in bed and I fall asleep and then I wake up three hours later or a few hours later and I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I'm in the apartment, but like, I don't live here anymore. Like I realized that the new girl lived there. So then I had to open the door to the living room and be like, hi, because her and her friends were all in there and they didn't know I was in the bedroom. I was like, I'm so sorry. I, I have no idea what came over me. Like, I promise this will never happen again. Like, I don't know how I even got in here. It And it was so awful. It was so bad. But then in the middle of the night, I also pee a hundred times. So like I'm in these weird deep slumbers. Thank you, Unisom. And I got up and I went pee and then I got back in bed. And so I was like aware it was a dream. But then when I fell back asleep, I had these photos on my phone in my second dream of like me in the room. And this like there were the birthday signage for the roommate. And I was like, oh my God, I really did that? Like that was real? What, what, am I going to get like in trouble? I don't know. The dreams are 
fucking wild, man. They are out of control. Okay. I want to answer some questions that you guys submitted. And then if I think about some other stuff for life updates, I will hit you with it. Okay. It's a mix of like pregnant and non-pregnant, which is honestly, it's so interesting. The FF fam is like half, I think, parents and half not. So it's always interesting trying to navigate. Like I want to balance it for everyone, you know? Okay. There were so many like what are you going to do differently? And again, I think I'm going to do a whole episode on that. But someone asked, does Liam know there's a baby number two on the way? Is he excited about it? So when we got the positive test, I came downstairs and I wanted to take a video of him to like send to people to announce that I was pregnant. And I handed him the pregnancy test. And I was like, Liam, there's a baby. Like I'm pregnant. There's going to be, there's a baby in my belly. Obviously he has no fucking idea what I'm talking about, but everything to him is a phone. So he puts the pregnancy up test up to his ear and he goes, hello. Hi. Hi, baby. And it's such a fucking cute video. So he, no, I mean, he'll say like, there's a baby in mama's belly. And when I say like, are you excited to be a big brother? He's like, yeah, but I don't think he really understands. He has two baby dolls that he plays with all the time. So maybe that'll help prepare him. Yesterday, he actually walked up to me and just randomly started rubbing my belly. And I was like, how are you so perfect? I I really don't understand how you were so perfect. When did you know you and your husband were ready to move in together? And then someone else asked any advice for moving in with my boyfriend. When did we even move in together? So out of college, I lived with my girlfriend for two years. He lived with his guy friends. And then I lived alone for a year. So I think it was three and a half years out of school. I guess around, no, maybe four. I think I was 25 when he moved in. And for us, like, we definitely weren't going to move in right out of school because we were navigating our relationship and like getting back together and figuring out what we wanted our future to look like and whether it would be with each other and all of that. So that was never even on the table. But once we like recommitted to each other and we were in a good place, We both really wanted to have that experience of like living with other people. And then I really wanted the experience of living alone personally. He wasn't interested in that. I just felt like it was really important for us to also have time in the city, not living together. And he would say the same thing. I don't know if I said I felt or we felt, but we both felt. And I think that's been consistent throughout our relationship where we are very much like, I want to grow on parallel tracks in the same direction. I always want us each to have parts of our own lives that like then come together. So like, I am not someone, you know, I see these TikToks all the time where it's like me getting invited anywhere, asking if my husband can come. If they can't, I'm not going. That is not us at all. Like I do a lot of stuff alone with my girlfriends. He does a ton of stuff alone with his guy friends. And then I love that we also like merge all together and we have friend groups that are both sexes and we're spending time with each other. But I think it's vital as is he to have freedom in your life to do your own things as well and be independent. And that I think played into why we waited a bit to move in together, which I know it seems young, but we had been dating since we were 16. So for us, it just felt right at that point, like four years out of school, because also a like, at that point, we were spending so many nights together. It wasn't really like smart financially to both be like dealing with rent and expenses. And then 
like logistically it was annoying because I kind of hit a point when I was living alone. It was like, look, I love you so much, but he was in a one bedroom split into three with his guy friends. And it was just like the walls were paper thin. I used to have to get up so early. So I'd be like getting dressed in the dark in the bathroom, trying not to make a peep for his roommates. And it was just like annoying. And I selfishly was just like, I'm not going to sleep there anymore. So he was spending a lot of time in my apartment. And then it was, it's annoying to like carry all of your shit. Like logistically, we hit a point where we were like, I think it makes more sense to move in together. And we were so excited when that point came. It was like logistically, yes, this makes sense. But also I'm so excited to just always be in the same place. Like that's so fun. You don't have to plan. You just get to come home to each other. Tips, I would say moving in. I always joke like, be prepared for how much like random shit men have. Cause this person asked about her boyfriend, like Joe moved in and it was like, all he had was like duffels of clothes, but the amount of socks this kid had, I'm like, why do you have 10,000 socks? He still does. Like it's random things that some of them will just have so many of. It's like, what is the purpose of this? Other tips? I would say like, that's when division of labor starts to play a role of like, who's, cleaning, who's getting groceries, who's getting like house staples, like toilet paper, tissues, toothpaste, like that kind of stuff. And I think that was like a bit of a hiccup, I guess, when we moved in together, adjusting to that because he also moved into where I was. So there was a lot of like, it was my space first. So then I almost felt responsible. Like I was just continuing my responsibilities. But then I was like, wait, you live here too. So I think the division of labor like starts to play a role when you move in together. And I think having that conversation is helpful. And also like having the conversation of what your standards are, especially when it comes to cleanliness. Luckily, like this wasn't an issue for us, but I know some people like someone's standards might be way higher in terms of cleanliness or organization. And I think that's really important to like discuss first and foremost, so that the other person, you're not like resenting the person who maybe doesn't reach your standards and the person who the other person isn't feeling like they're being micromanaged or like parented. And then the other thing I would say is when you do move in together, like less so before kids, but like after you've been together for a bit, it can be easy sometimes to fall into that like roommate phase. So always trying to like keep things interesting where, yeah, it's easy to like sit on the couch and watch TV every night and like you're with them, but are you really like spending quality time with them? So making sure you're still dedicating time for like time together, date nights, all of that kind of stuff. Without a doubt, one of my favorite rooms in our new house is the kitchen. It makes me feel so happy and has already created so many memories for my family. Growing up, the kitchen was always where everyone hung out, and I already envisioned this being the case for our children's future. One of the reasons I am loving it so much lately is because of our new caraway pots and pans. If you follow me on social, you know that our kitchen has these beautiful blue cabinets, a decision made by the builder before we bought the house and one that I love so freaking much. To add on to that blue hue, we got the caraway set in their beautiful navy, and I am absolutely obsessed with them. Not only are they beautiful and because they sit on our countertop at all times, but they are truly freaking incredible. Caraway's high quality ceramic coated kitchenware is free of PTFE, such as Teflon, lead, 
cadmium, and other toxic materials. Now that I'm cooking majority of my son's meals, this was a huge selling point for me and something I made a priority when looking for pot and pan replacements. But what I absolutely love most about them is their naturally slick surface. My aunt was over the other week and when she was cleaning the pan after making fried eggs, she literally yelled at me, what is this pan? It literally just cleaned itself solely with water. I'm not kidding. It's miraculous and so incredible for those of us, (coughs) me, who hate cleaning. Visit carawayhome.com slash Cameron to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash Cameron or use code Cameron at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. Guess who is finally living their Girls Who Grill dreams? Me. I am so freaking excited to share that we are officially proud owners of a new grill, and you better believe 99% of our dinners have been cooked on it since it arrived. The first thing my mom said to me was, you better start defrosting your butcher box, and boy, was she right. If you know me, you know I love butcher box. ButcherBox was started with the idea that everyone should have access to high-quality, humanely raised meat. They offer subscription boxes right to your door filled with 100% grass-fed beef, pork raised crate-free, and free-range organic chicken. This means, without fail, that our freezer is constantly stocked with ground beef, New York strip steaks, ribeye steaks, chicken breasts, chicken thighs, and so much more. Yes, I actually am deeply considering putting a second freezer in the basement solely for our butcher box obsession. But what this also means is that we always have a protein for dinner readily available. That morning or afternoon, we discuss what we are craving for dinner pull it out of the freezer, defrost it in the fridge, and then turn on the grill when we are ready to start cooking. The first night with a new grill, we made grilled chicken thighs, and I swear there is nothing better. If you are like me and you love chicken thighs, then I am excited to share. Get free chicken thighs for a year and $20 off your first box when you sign up. That's three pounds of bone-in chicken thighs free in every box for a year, plus $20 off your first order when you sign up at butcherbox.com foodie and use code foodie. Claim this deal at butcherbox.com slash foodie and use code foodie. Have you guys heard of habit stacking? Because I remember hearing about this concept a while back and it truly blowing my mind and changing the way I went about life. The concept is that you can build a major habit by thinking small enough to get started. So if you want to implement something into your new routine, simply stack it with another habit that already exists. For me, I use this to implement my morning meditations. I know, or at least I hope, that I'm going to wake up every morning. So in order to build a habit of meditating, I do it first thing in bed before I think or do anything else. Eventually, it became a non-negotiable habit. I also did this when I was first implementing Seeds DS01 Daily Symbiotic into my life. I keep my glass jar of Seeds DS01 Daily Symbiotic in my kitchen, and I take it as soon as I come downstairs. I know that I'm going to come down to my kitchen every morning, example of the habit. So I stack taking my Seeds DS01 Daily Symbiotic right when I do so. Seeds DS01 Daily Symbiotic is a plant-based prebiotic and probiotic with 24 strain that have been clinically or scientifically studied for its benefits. You simply take two capsules once a day on an empty stomach, either first thing in the morning, 30 minutes before you eat or two hours after you eat your last meal at night. For me, taking Seeds DS01 Daily Symbiotic over the past few years has drastically 
helped my digestive health. As someone who has consistently run on the constipated side, this has tremendously helped my ease of flow, if you know what I mean. Start a new healthy habit today. Visit seed.com slash Cameron and use code Cameron to redeem 25% off your first month of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. That's seed.com slash Cameron and use code Cameron. All right, now for some pregnancy questions. I just found out I'm pregnant for the first time. Best advice for a new mom in early pregnancy. And then first pregnancy, seven weeks, the nausea is destroying me. When did your stop? Ugh, my mamas. Look, the reason that I share so honestly about my distaste for the first trimester specifically is because I feel like we are expected to live this like incredibly beautiful and like gifted and glorious and filled with butterflies and is ethereal a word? I don't know. That's why my brain keeps going there. Pregnancy, because that's like what we've seen. And the reality is that is just not what the fuck mine looks like, especially in the first trimester. And I felt so confused and shocked and isolated the first time around because I was always someone that was so excited to get pregnant. And then I was like, wait, what? This is what it feels like. So that's why I share because I think so many people are going through that the first time and it's so all consuming and isolating and really hard. And obviously not everyone has symptoms like this, but majority of people do. So that's why I share. And look, I know some people who really dislike me are like, all you do is complain. I'm like, I'm not, I'm just stating the fact. I'm nauseous all the time. I can't stop sneezing. I'm uncomfortable. I can't sleep. I have to pee. Like that, those are just facts of what pregnancy looks like for me. My best advice in early pregnancy would be, and this is way easier said than done because I struggled a lot this time around, even though I knew this, you have to remind yourself that it is temporary. I promise you, you are not going to feel like this forever. It is a temporary window. Everyone is different on when they turn. I definitely felt like I turned a corner around week 11, but I didn't turn a full corner last time until week 16, 18. And I'm still waiting for that second corner to turn to like really feel better. So I guess we'll see, but I promise it's temporary. The other thing is like, you have to find small things that'll bring you joy. Like I said, the vampire diaries for me, like something that is giving you life. And I know that sounds so drastic. And I said that to Joe, I was like, the show gives me life and happiness. And he's like, you need to really assess yourself. But I'm not kidding. Like in those weeks where you just feel like fucking awful and like nothing is making you happy and you feel so uncomfortable and just like you want to crawl out of your skin, you need to find something that brings you joy. So whether that's a funny podcast you can listen to and love or a good show or something. The other thing is like, you have to give yourself grace. You are operating at maybe 20%. So give yourself grace with your personal life, with your relationships, with your work. Like you're just not going to be able to do everything you did before you were pregnant during this window. And same thing with like, house cleaning. You know, I posted that photo of like the way that Liam's toys were everywhere. I'm sorry. I'm pregnant. I have no interest in cleaning up all these toys all the time. And like, it doesn't bother me. So that's just something that's going to the wayside right now. Also leaning on people in your life. Like if someone offers you help, take it, take it, take it, take it. And your partner, 
division of labor goes out the fucking window when you're pregnant. You are literally creating a human. So they should be at your beck and call. Thank you, Joseph, for getting me chocolate milk at eight o'clock last night. And honestly, I know it's difficult. I struggle sometimes where I'm like, I feel badly. I feel like you're doing everything in the house and you're doing everything for me. And I feel like you're my parent and I'm like a toddler like Liam and you're just taking care of both of us. And, you know, I feel badly that I'm sending you to CVS at eight o'clock to get me chocolate milk. But I couldn't have sent you earlier because I didn't know I even needed chocolate milk until one second ago. And now I desperately need it. But you're creating organs and lungs and eyeballs and fingers and like the best thing that's ever going to happen to you guys. So you deserve to just take as much time as you possibly can sitting back and relaxing. And also when it comes to food, I know some people struggle with this, like lean the fuck in. If it sounds good, eat it because most things sound horrific. So if you find something that sounds good, eat it. On a non-related kid note, someone asked if I have a New Jersey accent. I'm trying to place it. It sounds sometimes Midwest. I don't even know what the fuck my accent is. Most people would say it's deeply New Jersey. Part of it is also just my speech impediment, I think, plays in a role. And then, yes, sometimes I enunciate words that sound Midwest, but I actually think it's because of my Canadian friends and spending time with them that I then like pick up a weird Canadian accent in certain points, I'll notice that. Like, I have no idea. Okay. How are you liking suburban life? Well, I kind of shared that, but it's honestly the best thing in the world. Someone asked what the biggest surprise is, like positive surprise. I think for me, it's like, this sounds so fucking absurd because I lived such a blessed and privileged life, but I feel like I'm not healing my inner child because that's extreme. And I don't feel like she needs to be healed in this way. But I almost feel like I'm tapping back into my child, which feels amazing. And I think is like my goal in life lately, where even like we didn't have a cement driveway, it was gravel growing up. So even just like the small act of spending 45 minutes after dinner outside with Liam, like drawing chalk on our driveway, I'm like, this is so much fun. This is so fun. And we have like the basement, for instance, I say this every night to Joe. I'm like, this is literally everything I've ever dreamed of. We didn't have a finished basement in our house because it was like 300 years old and it used to flood like every time it rained. And it was so scary. It was like a cellar. And I was so jealous of all of my friends who had finished basements with like couches and TVs. And that's where we got to hang out. It just makes me so happy being down there. So little things like that. Also just getting in my car and driving, whether it's with Liam or not, putting the windows down, listening to music. I'm just loving life out here. Oh, someone also asked, how are you making mom friends or just friends in the suburbs? So this is something that like has been a little difficult with my pregnancy because I just have felt awful that I haven't wanted to do anything. But I have like a few people who I've made friends with. One, I have like one of my good friends lives in like a neighboring town. So I have her out here. My best friend is moving to that same neighboring town in a few months, which has been amazing. Honestly, we're close to the city. So like last weekend, for instance, I called my six closest friends and I was like, guys, can you just come out and hang out? And like, we can do an early dinner. And they all said yes. And they all came. So we spent a lot of time with like our people just out here, but then making friends here. I made one friend, I was signing up for the twos program we're doing in the fall. And there was just a woman waiting in line in front of me and we started talking and 
we just kind of like hit it off and it turns out she lives around the corner. So we've been doing play dates on the weekends with the boys. And then our direct neighbor is awesome. She's like our age, very my vibe type of person. And she's been so helpful in just like navigating the moving experience, even just questions I have about town or whatever, a house, that kind of stuff. And she invited me over to like her a dinner party for her group of girlfriends and they were all so sweet. So like, hopefully as I start to feel better, I'll spend more time like socializing. I just haven't had any interest. And then like we do a gymnastics class once a week and I like that it's the same consistent people. So like I've started talking to some of the moms there and exchanging numbers and like trying to set up things with that. And we are members of a country club. We have been for like four years out here. And so Joe has made a lot of friends golfing and I like haven't spent any time at the club, but now I will. So like now I'm starting to meet their wives and hopefully doing stuff with them. So, I mean, look, it fucking takes time. It's definitely not easy. You have to put yourself out there. Having a kid definitely helps, especially in the suburbs, because it's like whether it's school or classes or a local pool or things like that, like it's easier. You have that connected shared thing that you can start talking about. And then it's like, oh, we should set up a play date, you know, but it is funny because this kind of sounds wild, but I feel like I've never had to make new friends because when I went to college, I played lacrosse. So like I had that built in group, like when we got there right away, it was like, here's your team. And then when I moved to the city, everyone from my childhood and my college was moving into New York. So I never like experienced needing to make new friends. And I almost felt like I missed out on that opportunity really in the city. And so I'm trying to lean in out here, but it's not easy. But I do think most people are always looking to expand their social groups, especially if they've moved out here recently. Like that's what I keep remembering is that so many people are in the same boat. So I'm trying. I'll keep you updated. I'm literally out of breath because I just had to lean over to get my charger. Okay. The last question I will answer is, did Liam ever go through a daddy phase? My baby only smiles for my husband and it's killing me. Or my baby smiles way more for my husband. So he has gone through a daddy phase, but honestly, it was like really necessary for us because he was definitely a mommy's phase kid. And I felt like I couldn't like spend time away. I would feel guilty. But then I also felt like I was interfering with their relationship because if I was always there, he would want me. And I felt like it was definitely tough for Joe because it's hard. It's really hard when your kid is like begging for the other parent, even though it's temporary, they go through phases, you know, they love you. It still kind of sucks. So he did go through a daddy phase, but it was when he was a little bit older and Honestly, a lot of it has happened more recently when we moved here. He started going through huge daddy phases. And what my therapist said, because I talked to her about it when we were in a deep mommy phase, is like, it's always going to go back and forth. You will have your time where it's your phase. There will be times where it's your partner's phase. But like, I'm just trying to lean in on both ends when it's a mommy phase. Like, okay, I will be there for you as much as you need me. And when it's not my phase, I'm like, you know what? You need that time with that person too. And I will take some time alone. Honestly, the biggest phase he goes through is a pocket phase. My dad, he's fucking obsessed with my dad. So when my dad's around, I could freaking move out of the house and I don't think the kid would notice. But I try to lean into that sometimes where I'm like, he's cared for. He's ecstatic. He's with someone he loves and who loves him. So I'm going to take this time to kind of like 
do some stuff that I want to get done. I know it's hard because you're saying he only smiles. So I'm assuming this is like a, a fresh baby. But just remember, like, it will go through phases. Your baby loves you. Your baby needs you. Your baby appreciates you. And one day, the kid will be asking for you. And it'll melt your heart and break your partner's heart at the same time. And it's just kind of like a seesaw. I guess that's life. Okay, that's it. That's the episode. I hope you enjoyed. Let me know what your thoughts are. Because I want to try to sprinkle more of these in. Especially just because as I'm getting pregnant and more pregnant, it's easier for me not to always have to go into the city. So I'll probably be doing some of these from my office, but I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, please come to the live show guys. April 30th. It's going to be so much fucking fun. Katie Couric is the guest. It's going to be a party. Doors open at six show starts at seven 30. So for the first hour and a half, you can mingle with the FF fam, bop around, make new friends, talking about making new friends order food and drinks. It'll be so much fun. My family will be in attendance. A lot of my friends will be there. And I can't wait to see all of you that are coming. And I love you so much. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I have so much fun recording the show. It is my favorite part of my job and truly is what lights me up. Your feedback and response to every episode is what keeps me going. And if this episode resonated with you, please feel free to DM me over on Instagram or share on your stories. If you are looking for a way to support the show, please rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. It means the world to me and it really helps the show grow. Please also make sure to hit subscribe so that you are up to date with new episodes coming at you every Wednesday morning. And of course, please be sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at, at Cameron Oaks Rogers. I love you and I appreciate your support so much. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.